A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. <laughs> the Poe Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Poe Hitter. You can always catch me on Twitter at Dead Poe Hitter. This podcast will be with my friend Dom at Bopan Guru on Twitter. You could catch his work over at Reliever Recon as well as PoeHitter.com where he handles the fab recap for the main event and looking at the player movement, the biggest ads, the biggest expensive ads, um, noticeable drops, and all the kind of trends that we're seeing, um, including how much each league is spending, and the spending per week average. Really good insight to provide some knowledge and context going forward. If you participate in the main event, um, it helps you get a little bit of an idea of how much the market is paying for specific players. And if you don't, um, I think it still helps, has a, tr- a trickle-down effect into seeing some of the player movement um, in league that are a big entry fee. So you can head over to pullhitter.com and you could check Dom's work over there, as well as Reliever Recon, where he handles bullpen streaming for daily leagues, um, amongst a lot of other things that are available there. And if you're not ready a part of the Pull Hitter Patreon, I welcome you to come check it out for five bucks a month. It gets you in the door. We have over 200 people in the Discord chatting about fantasy baseball, baseball and life every single day. It's very active your one-stop source for news, lineup advice, fab advice. Fab advice comes with the higher tier that's available um, where you get my fab pod and uh, my fab article as well as being able to ask fab questions um, and having a lot of other people chime in there as well. It's not just me. Um, Several NFPC players um, giving some really good timely advice and um, like I said, the the news comes in there really quick, but I'm, I do a ton of podcasts per week, uh, about four to five days a week. You'll, you'll get a hot corner news and notes from me, which includes some of the um, standout players from the night before that are not usually talked about. I'm trying to find some, you know, the lower level, lower rostered players across the NFBC main event and online championships and trying to hit on anything new that we may be seeing or just a big night. Uh, a pitcher that we're not expecting to have a great game, have a great game, some odd bullpen usage, stuff like that, trying to really dig into the box scores and see what um, we could dig up. And, yeah, the pods are about 15 to 25 minutes long, depending on how many players that tend to hit. Time to do some deeper dives on players like yesterday. Uh, today was Josh Young and Sam Hilliard. Um, but you get all that for 5 bucks if you come in. You get the lower level. You get... About seven to ten pods per week, basically. Um, I think you get a, a lot, a lot of your money's worth for sure. Um, 
And um, if you want to, there's two other tiers available, the $10 tier and the $15 tier. The $10 tier gets everything the $5 tier has, including the two-star pitcher review that I do with Matt Modica. And we basically go through every team and their two-star pitchers for the week, as well as covering fringe starting pitching decisions. So you'll have your studs that you're always starting. We don't really hit on those. You know that you're going to start them. And then we kind of hit on players that are fringy decisions in 12 teams and 15 team leagues. Um, as well as the two-star pitchers for every single team, whether or not we would start them or not. And we kind of look two weeks ahead, too, to kind of see um, who might be available in FAB that you could scoop up one week in advance to really get ahead of your competition. And sometimes we throw in some middle reliever advice, too. So basically just go team by team in order. We look at the roto-wire pitching grid, and we just hit on whatever we can. We just dive into the skills as well we don't just uh give a recommendation on whether to start them or not we you know go into a little bit of um a breakdown of why we think a pitcher is on a rise or a decline as well and so that's for the ten dollar tier and the fifteen dollar tier you get everything that's included beneath that plus um a fat pod and access to ask me anything fab and once you come in the door too for five bucks, you can ask lineup questions as well. That's um, no extra cost. It's part of the Discord benefits, and there's a lineup thread in there. And um, Mondays, Fridays, when we're setting our NFBC lineups, um, I'm answering about 50 to 100 questions of lineups. Um, <laughs> and it's fantastic. It's helping me with my game too. So I love it. I'm embracing it. And I really welcome you to come check it out. If you appreciate the, my podcast and the content I provide, I promise you that you won't be let down with what um, I'll give to you on on a weekly basis. So uh, thank you for the opportunity for letting me talk about this. And I uh, hope to see you in there. If not, um, so we'll get this public podcast that I will do with Dom once a week, as well as trying to add an additional podcast um, weekly that will include some of the, you know, NFBC players or analysts that are covering fantasy baseball. So um, whenever I could find the time to do that as well, you'll get that and uh, appreciate the support. And um, here we go. Let's get into the episode. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, welcome back to the Poe Hitter Podcast, your destination for actionable resources and tools to help you win your fantasy baseball league. I'm Rob D, the dead Poe Hitter. I'm here with my boy Dom, the bullpen guru, and we're about to break down his fab article that you can find over at PoeHitter.com. Dom, what's going on today, buddy? Not too much, bud. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Just watching some baseball action on this Tuesday night. Uh, watched a little Mason Miller, who I spent some money on only in one league. And, um, and you know, the first inning was kind of deflating watching him, you know, give up missiles. But then, you know, he gave some missiles to some of the best hitters in the world. And then what I thought was really resounding was watching him come back and mow them down the next time around. Uh, so, 
some good and some bad. And um, you know, I I I I lost out on the Taj Bradley, and I I got a little trigger happy with Mason Miller. So hopefully, I get. I was I'm just looking for like you know seventy to 80 like great innings if i could just get that i know the winds are going to be super low and such but just looking around and seeing all that pitching if i could just get some you know nice run of 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 good ratios to help my team's ratios i'd be happy but that was my fab weekend of course you know what what went down um how was your fab weekend what did you uh plan to do and did you execute it yeah so um yeah i think you know, I'm, I, my plan was I needed, I needed outfield speed and outfield help in in my uh, my first main, the main event in New York. Um, so I went, I went really heavy after um, Jaron Duran. So he was my he was my main target in that league, um, and I paid up for my uh, you know the the Sunday tax of a steal. Um, spent the weekend watching him hit the ball, hit balls all over the place. I got, I got nervous that, you know, I was like, you know, I, I want him, you know, I think he's, his, his playing time is going to be there. So I paid up for him. I paid, uh, like one, I think it was like 138 or 140 for him. Um, and so far so good. I'm, I'm happy with the results today. Cash me a 11, uh, 11 to one home run ticket with his grand slam. I am. Ooh, He's uh nice. Yeah. So I'm a, you know, I'm a happy guy so far on that, on the return. And, you know, I think, I think it was at least, you know, I, I paid, I, I overbid by 80 bucks to the next bid. But when I looked at all the runner up bids, like the, the runner up bid for, for Duran in my league was like the fourth highest runner up bid or fifth highest. So like, you know, I overpaid, but, and I was aggressive on him, but, uh, so I got, I got him and actually, I actually got him in both leagues. He wasn't as high a priority in my, my second league. So I got Duran in two leagues and then I got Bruce Dark or in two leagues. Um, then some smaller moves, um, in that second main, um, actually not, not as small. Then my priority in the second main was Mauricio Dubon, um, okay. nice. needed middle infield help and, uh, so I got him for uh, sixty-one bucks, and the backup was forty-seven. Um, just uh, you know, last year a lesson learned was um, you know I, when I was missing out on middle infield, and I was looking for middle infielder. I was looking at guys I was cycling through last year, and it was just like a dumpster fire of guys that, if they were playing, um, you know, weren't contributing much to runs and rbis and stuff it's, it's pretty funny it's like i was looking like this time last year i got taylor walls who was a popular ad this week um interesting how then, that works right yeah right? yeah i was looking so I was at like, that too yeah good yeah. point yeah so i was like yeah so taylor walls uh you know and then a couple weeks later willie castro jose iglesias so it's just like a lot of guys that that were playing but not really doing much and and so you know for dubon i was like he's hitting lead off i know you know how long that lasts i don't know but um at least a couple months until altuve's back so um you know i'll keep i'll keep hoping he's hitting lead off and scoring runs and you know i needed average and i needed middle infield so it's kind of kind of worked out perfectly um so though that was my uh my fab weekend nice it, you know what jaron duran um 
know, last year came up um, around May 6th and on the May 8th weekend of Fab last year, who is pretty popular pickup too, went in um, 24 leagues for as high as 154. So some similar, um, it's funny how, like you mentioned, Walls and him. It's like same week, they fall in the same bidding pattern again. Um, I got him last year uh, in the main and, um, you know, he didn't have a great run, you know, he was, yeah. uh, and I, I, I kind of have that, uh, burned Sour in my skull. Yeah. It's stupid. It's a stupid bias to hold. Right. I mean, that's, that's not the thing we're supposed to do. Um, and, and I watched them all week too. I watched a lot of it that bat and I was impressed, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, um, so I had reasonable bids in it for it. It just um it just didn't work out in my league. And I really um prioritized um some pitching. I wanted to just build some pitching depth. Not like I need like I needn't need need the pitching, but I I just have this um this this super worry that I'll I'm not gonna have enough options, you know, throughout the year. So yeah, when I can upgrade it at starters, I'm looking to do that and so I have to like toe that line between like what is too much pitching depth and do I need to just hold on to a hitter? But like you mentioned too, like it's so good that you're like looking back to like things that burned you last year or just your like just the pattern of what you were doing because it helps you become a better player for sure. You see that, okay, yeah, you know, I don't mind paying more money here because I don't want to get into this pattern of chasing, you know, lesser talent every single week and putting so much energy into that. So um, I like that move because looking back does does help you for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a thing I did. And it's funny, like I made like a note, a note, like I have a notes app on my computer and I like made notes for the like main event lessons learned last year, like at, once the season was over. And like some of the things that, you know, I was like, I'm 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 not following it. Like last year, I had bad cuts of like Tyra Estrada because I was worried that Tommy Lasella was coming back and like I, I dropped them too. Yeah, and I, I was just like, too. yeah, I was like, I'm worried that, um, you know, like when Lacella comes back, Tyra's just gonna get platooned and like, um, you know, and then I I told you in, on the first pod I cut Spencer Strider last year when uh, Snitker said, um, he's gonna stick in the bullpen, and then the next week he started starting. So like. But but here I am, like making cuts of guys based on what I assume is going to happen, you know, a week or two later. So like this week, I cut Dre Jameson, I cut Jake Berger, I cut um, David VR a couple weeks ago. Um, so you know, I I still make those notes for myself, and I'm still kind of not necessarily following my own uh, my own recommendations, but. It's worked out for me so far. Like I cut VR and he he kind of his playing time has kind of gotten eaten into a little bit, and he started to get dropped in other leagues. So um, you know, I'm being a little more cutthroat based on my gut, and um, you know, I think you should do that. So I guess even if you make recommendations for yourself to follow in the future, I think you still got to follow. You know, stick stick to your gut. Uh, you know, if you feel it's the right move and it's making your team better, do it. Don't just uh, just don't just wait for guys to start losing playing time. If you know, if you think that it's that's what's going to happen, or you just think that there's a upgrade to be had, go for it. It's really the biggest thing to pay attention to, in my opinion. Like, if you can constantly nail down 
the playing time, you know, and you can see it happening. And it's one thing that I, I've really been more locked into this year than even last year because I'm doing like the daily um, pods on, on the Patreon. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, so like I'm looking at roster resource and I'm doing that lineup tools. So I'm just like, it's constantly up. I'm constantly looking at it and paying attention to it. And, you know, you could, you could see it like even, even with such a small sample, right. It's like, um, had Christian Arroyo on a couple of teams, you know, it's like, he was just getting plenty of run, had a good projection, you know, um, with, with that many, with like 600 plate appearance. I'm like, Oh, this is good. If he just gets run, it's a solid guy to have. And then just like the one day, the two, two days in a row, you see like, Oh, well, Yu Chang is, is the, is the new shortstop. You know, like mm -hmm. they, you could tell, like they were just like this guy plays better defense, move Kike to second, and um, you know, and that could be actionable. Obviously, you could again just knowing when to cut a rodeo and knowing when even to like put Yu Chang on your watch list, right? Because like, right. okay, this guy could be, he might be walking into playing time. So, yeah. um, just things like he, that. And then he takes one off the hand and and is out. And, and it, and he's out exactly. Yeah. And but it's, then a royal place day, and he hurt his hamstring. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so sometimes you just you know you make a move, and then it works out, even though it's not the way you thought it was going to work out. So right, what a shit cycle. Oh man, but um, all right. So take us into your article that you dove into this week. Um, start off with you know just just uh, yeah. let's go let's go right yeah. off the top, and we'll get right into it. Sounds good. So, yeah, so league-wise, um, on the article, you know, I broke down the spending per league and, you know, what league had the most ads, the most money spent. Um, you know, I think going forward, like next week, I'll start dropping in how much um, total was has been spent year-to-date per league just because then I think that'll help you see, like, oh, you know, mm. this league has a lot more money on the table than – you know, or my league has a lot more money on the table than another league. So um, I think that would be helpful to see um, just to see where, you know, if you're playing in the main event where your league stands versus others, because I think we talked about it on the first pod. But, um, you know, if there's more, if there's more or less money on the table in your league, it might influence how aggressive or not aggressive you are in terms of fab. So um, but totally. overall, overall spending wise. Um, you know, I think week three and week four were, I guess this week was a little is, is in line with what, uh, week three was. So two weeks ago, um, it was $68 per team spent, or I'm sorry, this week was $68 per team spent. Uh, two weeks ago, it was $70 per team spent. Um, week four was the big, uh, Taj Bradley, Edward Julian, Zach Neto week. So that was 87 per, per team. So, Still, still aggressive, um, you know, and that averages out to about three hundred dollars per team spent. So, if you have over seven hundred bucks, you're uh, you're in good shape, I would say, the rest of the way. Um, you know, for me, I don't know where you're at, Rob. In terms, I of am. Um, actually, I just brought that up because I was going to ask you. I'm in. Uh, I have eight sixty seven left on one team, nice. and I have six twenty nine left on. Um, my other team and that's you know with some heavy boo bitch uh miller action so all right um, yeah so i'm at 552 and woo! five and 532 <laughs> oh baby um, i love it okay but yeah you know like the i i went big on logan ohapi oh, yeah I was yeah gonna say that. so that so that one kind of white 
exploit me out a little bit. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a, a great yeah. process bid, and he yeah. he was he, he was paying off instantly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I can't I can't complain about that. I guess you know it is a good reminder though that like you know knock on wood like I've gotten pretty lucky in terms of health. Um, but so you know I'm spending this money and and I'm like, oh yeah injuries actually do happen and you know you might need some money to try to get an adequate replacement so but but the good thing is i do have like a lot of multi-eligible guys like i have one team with rodolfo castro and and paredes so i can kind of move them around and That's fill great. holes if they um happen so um and i've i've loaded up on pitching with the expectation that um you know there there will be pitching injuries or you know, weird stuff happening like Taj Bradley getting sent down or Dre Jameson getting sent down or, or things like that. So, um, you know, I, uh, I, I think I'm covered there, but, uh, I definitely do need to rein it in for me personally. So, um, but, but like, like I said, with the Duran thing, the Ohapi thing, the Mauricio Dubon thing, it's kind of like, I'm aggressively filling needs now. So that'll hopefully allow me the ability to, um, you know, pull back on bids and kind of just fill situational needs or, you know, weekly matchup things, things like that. I wonder so. if um, I think Dubon would be really, really awesome too. If when Chaz comes back, he stays at the top of the lineup. I don't know what the chances are because Chaz was leading off every single right. day, but um, he just gets on pace, Dubon, all the time, and he's pretty. He's pretty fast. I don't know why he doesn't steal more in general. I was watching him run. Stole like, base tonight, so yeah, that's yeah. your second, right? Um, yeah, after having three so. last year, so yeah. I mean, yeah, I like it. And um, are you going to like maybe try to break down and give yourself an average per week for like the rest of the year, or are you going to be that kind of strict with yourself, kind of? You know, so like say, uh, man, like um, I want to stick myself, you know, I want to stay in this lane of this much spent per week or because like I'm, you know, I like automatically try to dock like last year I tried to keep a hundred bucks for like the last month and mm -hmm. I didn't. I was like in the 60s and 70 on two of the teams and I would have loved if I stuck to that plan, you know, so I'm like, I just try to add, I try to take out that hundred and like then give my like that's what my plan is now on that one team after spending a lot so far i want to make sure i keep it tight on that team yeah i i probably should but i don't want to like i i kind of want to i i'm doing calculation that says like here's how much you have for, per week just so that i know um you know and obviously like if next week i only spend three bucks i know that you know my average will go up a little bit i don't want to say like you only have this much to spend per week. Cause I, I actually kind of want to put like 200, 250 of it to the side to say like, all right, this is like, you know, kind of like splurging money. Like if, if somebody mm -hmm. does come up and I want to throw a big bid on them, um, you know, I can kind of pull from this reserve. Whereas the rest of the money's meant for per weekly um, spending. Right. We'll see how it sense. works. I mean, yeah, like like I said, I'm just I'm trying to aggress. I, I was trying to be aggressive early just to kind of cover myself and hope that you know, kind of build the team, let let them run now. Um, and I I kind of feel like I 
put my teams in that kind of spot where it's like there were big holes or and I kind of tried to fill them. So um yeah, I haven't really I haven't really thought beyond beyond that other than just saying, hey, I want to put away this much for a big splurge and then saying, okay, if I do that, here's how much per week I have to spend. But obviously I'd prefer to, you know, come in lower than that. But I'm getting like really excited because I just think of like how aggressive teams are being with their prospects lately. Like, mm -hmm. and that this, um, you know, like last year we had just some lulls like of, of, you know, I feel like every week or two or there's yeah. going to be like some excitement and some yeah. fabapalooza, maybe not like heavy, heavy, but there's going to be consistent guys that are coming up that are people are just going to be chasing and, you know, it just makes it so much fun. You know, I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, I remember last year, I feel like we were waiting for like Vinny Pasquantino and yep. uh, Riley Green forever. Like, uh, yep. you know, and uh, so I think, you know, for me last week, um, we didn't, you know, we didn't talk, but uh, I I grabbed Ricky Tiedemann. He was, there was the only main event that he was available in. And I, I grabbed him. And just stashed them because uh, oh yeah, that's one way to to um, try to save yourself some money and get ahead of these Fabapaloozas. Is if there's a guy that you're interested in, try to sneak him onto your roster now if you can. Hundred um, percent. And that's why I was um, you know, I was messing with Vlad Thedler on Twitter, and he's like, you know, I'm saving my money for Tiedemann. I'm like, don't you think everyone is like everyone's yeah. saving their money for Tiedemann too? Like, and but that's the thing. I think it's gonna be more of this consistent spend where maybe I'm interested to see how much teams have last year, you know, have at the end of the year in that last month, five weeks compared to last year. Cause I think that will be the tell of like how aggressive we've been up until that point, you know? Um, but yeah. so um, you mentioned the week four, you know, $87 spent per team and the 38 um, average per ad, the 87 um, spent per team would have been the highest of, of, all of last year. I think last year's highest was about 82 or 83. Oh, wow. Um, so it went past that. And the 38 was uh, spot on, too. It was the same thing last year. So we already hit. And that was week six. That, that was the George Kirby week. So we are, um, we've already hit that point early in the season. Um, so. And that and that's crazy, too. Because, like, you know, I guess, like, a $68 per team week I, I think everyone kind of came into this past week saying like, oh, it won't be that crazy of a fab week other than Mason Miller, who, you know, I guess that's a big, that's a big ticket item. That's kind of driving a lot of it. Right. Cause he was, he was 11,000 total dollars of the 54,000. So it's like 20% of it. So, you know, he's a big ticket item. If you cut 20% off, it, it's, um, you know, a little lighter of a week, but still feels like a super aggressive amount of money spent overall for what, you know, most people consider it a light week. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's aggressive. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe that's something too, if, if you're holding on to dollars, um, and everyone else is being aggressive, maybe you might want to, get a little more aggressive because what uh what good is having you know 900 bucks if your competition's all down to 500 right like right right because then you're going to be just paying up just to pay up right you know yeah um, 
Yeah, so it's interesting. I was also uh, I had it up last year's week five, and and it's crazy. I just love lo like looking at names and how quickly, even sometimes guys are just not even like off the fantasy radar, but just like not even on teams. Like last year, the most added players was Travis Demerit and Josh Winder <laughs> and Yadiel Hernandez. Those was one, two, and three, and you're like, where are the people now yeah so, you know it's wild odabel herrera oh man it's just um it, it's just funny it's just funny um to see that list of guys but then you have some mj melendez and mixed in there but um yeah so so let's get into the players obviously mason miller was the big ad right yep. added in every single league and yep. for a pretty big penny yep 208 per ad um very you know that's 20 percent of uh everyone's fat budget and that's just on the average so um you know people were spending 300 um 300 plus so it's aggressive um you know i know you got him in a league you got him uh pretty i, I would say you, you won him like by like a couple bucks over like seven bucks or something like that right over yeah, the runner-up 168 to 164 it was close yeah, so uh, you know that was in consideration for the uh, the bit of the week, but I know I, wanna... I just missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was actually funny, like you know, normally when I do that, the bit of the week, I'm I'm it's one of the more aggressive bids is like you know one by a dollar. I had to scroll so far down the ad list to find anybody that won Mason Miller by like single digits. So oh um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty uh, it was pretty funny, but um. Yeah, Mason Miller. So there were three players added in all league. So Miller, Duran, we each got a piece of that, and then Luke, Joey Lucchese was the other player added in in all of the main event leagues. Um, impressive start from Lucchese last week. Kind of, kind of forgot about him. Uh, you know, he the, he's going to infamous infamously be tied to Andy Rodriguez the rest of the way because the Mets just threw Andy Rodriguez in the uh, Musgrove deal to and got Joey Lucchese back. Um, so that, you know, may hurt. But if uh, if he if he pitches well, um, you know. What a composed start. Like I was just watching him and he just looked like he hadn't missed a year and a half in the yeah. majors, right? Yeah, he yeah. I yeah. I was I was really impressed. So I think I think he has a good chance to stick around just with how like shitty uh Peterson and Miguel have looked and then Absolutely. you know. So it's going to be weird, but I I definitely you know, I had bids on him. I think he's definitely going to stick around as long as he can keep doing what he's doing. And he, you know, he's been a major league pitcher. Like he he was pretty good when he was in San Diego. They just didn't seem to really like him. Um but that's also like I don't know. That was like 2019. Like that was a long time ago. So, um, yeah, but I mean, that 2021, you know, with the Mets, um, you know, like short, short sample, but right. 38 innings, um, 41 Ks, you know, like wasn't so bad. 379 Sierra, like he pitched really good. Everything yeah. was good under the hood. And I remember like, um, zone contact 83%. I remember putting this guy like, you know, like, I'm like, man, like he's making changes. And like, I think it was just like learning when to, spot his pitches a little better and um and I was really excited for him. I thought like he was making that charge and uh you know he I I like what he's doing now like with the cutter um and like the usage of it. And I think that him adding that 
a lot more into the mix, um, especially against righties. Uh, it, it's pretty solid. And I was, you know, I wasn't aggressive enough. I really liked it. I thought it was going to be, um, I guess I just miss, missed, I just, I didn't um, guess right on the price that everyone was going to put in. He was way, he was way more aggressive than um, I thought it was going to be, but I guess, you know, he gets like the New York, I think the New York tax is, is real, like for Yankees and Mets, you know, um, I don't know why, but I just think yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a heavy concentration of fans for those teams, at least from what I've seen on like Twitter and stuff like that. So yep. um, yeah, it makes it makes sense. Um, I didn't get him anywhere either. He was kind of, you know, he, he was in my bid list, but I was prioritizing, um, you know, certain positions. So, um, yep. yeah, he, he, uh, but, but, you know, good pitcher on, on a good team um, or, you know, even a, a pitcher that has a safe rotation spot on a good team. If you feel that he does, um, it's gonna, it's gonna carry some value. So, yep. um, yeah. So, you know, I think I think it's a good ad, and then some other guys. Uh, Jack Swinski obviously uh, had a big big week. Feel like feel like you're a big Swinski guy. I feel like you drive the. Uh, you know, I think he was on my radar from your podcast last year, and I think I added him towards the end of last year. So, you know, anyone that got ahead of the game two weeks ago and added him obviously had a very uh, profitable week after he was in Coors and getting to face the Reds lineup. Um, Taylor Walls being added in 42 leagues. That was the one I kind of wanted to talk about because I was, yeah. was kind of surprised that so many people were um, interested in him. Just because, you know, I know he's been playing, he's been doing well. The results have been solid, right? But um, I, I think the playing time isn't there enough to kind of like justify him being owned in almost every main event league right like he's a he's kind of like a a utility guy that'll play i don't know four or five times a week so and and you need him to like do great in those games to be worth putting in your roster on your yeah. in your lineup right it's strange because like he had played seven out of 14 games coming into that fab period <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that week three yeah three games it's just like hey that was interesting to me too. I guess people were just looking to fill, like you just have a multi eligibility guy yeah. on the squad. But it's just it was very interesting to me as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I know like when I was looking, he had a ton of runs and like um, so. But yeah, it's just like it, if the results aren't there and like you know, I don't know. This week, you know, he hasn't really been doing much. I guess he only he only played today. He didn't play yesterday, but um you know, if he's not making the absolute most out of his playing time, um, like last week he had 14 at bats, five runs with a Homer, um, or I'm sorry, last week he had 10 at bats, five hits, five runs, two homers, five RBIs. Like can't really, can't really rely on that kind of production with only 10 at bats a week. So, right. um, right. you know, so it's tough, but, but I get it. If, if, uh, you know, you throw him on your bench and you just want to have him as a hole filler. That makes a lot more sense to me. Um, or if, you know, if you're tied to him in some manner. So if you have Brandon Lau or if you have, um, 
Wander Franco or something like that. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, this way I have him as coverage and kind of like, you know, if he's, if it's a Friday and he's in the lineup, I can throw him in. So makes sense. But I was kind of surprised about that. And then, yeah, I like, I like, like there's some, I've always, uh, it's just some guys I always find like I'm constantly checking on their skills and um, he's been one of them. And like the one thing I liked um, about him at the end of last year, at least I think he had like eight of his 18 barrels, like in the last six weeks of the season. Mm. And like kind of had some sneaky uptick in power. Um, and he does have like an extreme launch angle. It's like 21 degrees for a little dude, but he makes he like the zone contact is up the shit. The contact percentage is up and he's swinging more like in the zone, which I really like to see just being more aggressive with his pitch. And there's, you know, with something like um, guys who like have that extreme launch angle and are like 45 plus fly ball percentage, like he, he doesn't hit a lot of pop-ups, which is interesting. It's like, he's, it seems like he's just almost, you know, a fraction of a way from really squaring up a lot more of these balls. But even despite all that, I like I was paying attention to that, but it's just yeah. it's not enough PT. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like um, I don't know. I'm just like I'm like a PT snob in some ways. Yeah. Like even like Matt Veerling, right? Great skill set. I love the guy, but he's just his playing time is just not enough for me. Like I put yeah. like, I'm gonna start him and he's gonna play two out of four games. I'm gonna rip my hair out. Right. You know? So yep. Um, again, a long spiel about um tail walls, but he he wasn't interested in that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know it's a bunch of it seems like speculative relievers. So Gratterall. Yeah, talk to me about um Bruce Dar because um I I just feel like it's like in my head I'm like yeah it looks good the skills look great but the Dodgers like are just not gonna have. One guy like Shelby Miller went out tonight, right? Yeah. He, I don't know. Like you, you know, you 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 digest bullpens all all day long and all week long. So tell me, like, what what do you think? You think like it was a good pay up, and or, or or like if there was a number that you felt okay, like this is good for the uh, like a speculative guy. Yeah, I had like around twenty bucks as like okay. the price that I would pay for him, just because. Um. If I'm gonna speculate, I'd rather speculate in a good on a good team. And and honestly, it was okay. I, I've I'd already had Gratterall. I had, I cut him, and then but I'm I'm struggling like for saves. Like I across my two main events, I I only have Felix Bautista as like a and and Jose Alvarado in the second league. It seems like he's a main closer, but those are the only guys I have. So it's kind of like. I'm testing things out and, you know, I had out of, you know, and I came out of both drafts with out of, you know, and after the first like week and a half, he hadn't gotten a save opportunity. And it seemed like Robertson was just going to get them all. So I cut, I cut out of, you know, um, and then of course, like he's, he's starting to pick up saves. So I'm kind of just trying to cover my basis. And in terms of Gratterall, like, yeah, I, you know, he's, he's a weird guy for me um, because like he goes through spells of like not being able to strike anybody out, but then yep. he goes through, you know, then like his last eight appearances or so he's been getting, he was getting strikeouts and um, you know, seemed like he had, and, and it seemed like Phillips was starting to be used more in the high leverage roles because um, Dodgers like, you know, bridge to the end of the game. So it's just been kind of shaky and it seemed like, Dave Roberts was, you know, using Phillips earlier. So, you know, and it seems like Daniel Hudson is not progressing well from his knee injury. So I was just kind of by process of elimination. I'm like, all right, 
Phillips moving up in earlier into games. Gratterall starting to strike out guys and he's, you know, pitching well. Um and, you know, um Hudson nowhere to be found. I'm gonna try to spec on Gratterall. You know, I also was trying to get Brian Abreu as well with, with everything going on this weekend with Ryan Presley. So um it just felt like there were options available on good teams to speculate on. So those were the guys I was trying to focus on personally um, were Gratterall and Abreu. Um, you know, the other couple of speculative relievers that are listed here, um, Jeremiah Estrada and Vin- and uh, Familia, Jerry's Familia. Um, I I didn't have any bids in on those guys. Um, what about what about yourself? Um, yeah, so I had um for Gratterall, I actually got him for nine bucks. Nice. Um, in an auction league. Yep. Okay. And it wasn't even a runner up. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but that's where I was at. I was at like nine eleven for him because again, like, I just wasn't sold on him being the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also didn't want to miss out on you know um a possible run, like you said, on a like speculating on a great team. Um, I got Estrada on one team um for seven bucks. I think that was also an auction league. Mm-hmm. Um I did not I had no interest in Familia at yeah. at all. Um mm-hmm. actually did a did a one dollar flyer on Zach Jackson two weeks ago. Um that didn't you know, I, I, I moved past that, but just just in the hope that he would have gotten a chance, you know, um this past week. And also too I was probably in the same range as I was for Estrada for Brian Abreu. Um, because like, I don't know. I just, obviously I'm a little concerned about Presley and Abreu uh, um, is, is, is usable even without saves. Right. Or even if he picks up that role that Montero had last year with 10, 10 to 14 saves. But then there's also, you know, we have some resident, um, Astro insiders in 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 the Discord in the pulpit of Discord, right? That or like sold that it wouldn't be a Bray, it would be Montero instead. But anyway, um, I know that Presley was used three out of four days, and um, you know, then he wasn't ready to go back to back nights. So I still wasn't really really ready to pony up for a Bray. Um, so that's why I had him and Gratterall for like both like nine bucks throughout all the week that didn't get a break okay. at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Abreu, I guess, you know, there was some talk about him getting stretched out to potentially be used as like a starter or a multi-inning guy. I mean, you know, he's pitched multi-inning relief before. Um, so that, that is always, not always my hang up, but that is, I guess my um, concern with him getting, you know, saves and, and looking at him, um as a closer is like you know he has the ability to um stretch out but you know if you look at his skills I, you know i think he's outperforming montero um pretty much across the board so far this year and then picking up the two you know after he picked up the two saves this weekend and um you know presley i would have thought would have been available just you know somebody that really like just like you said you look at um lineup usage on a daily basis and think like I look at bullpen usage on a daily yep. basis and like I I would have never thought that Presley was going to be unavailable on Sunday. So 
when that happened, and it always seems to happen on Sundays, right? It's always like, Always. oh, of course, yeah, and, and you know, the Astros give you no news, so like, you know, the the Brayu bids were pretty crazy. Um, but uh, And that bullpen, you know, like we just touched on all these guys, and meanwhile, Hector Neris is atop the leverage index, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and it's still, still with a 29% K rate. He's just like, yeah, we have him too. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you know when Abreu was struggling on Sunday, like Montero was warming up, so it was like, you know, it was a little head headache, you know, scratch head scratching, um, you know, even for somebody that's actually looking at this stuff, because like, yeah, it's just hard to tell what the hell's going on there. And then Presley pitched tonight, so in a five nothing game, so it's like, you know, maybe it was all for nothing, and it was just truly that he needed two extra days. But if that's the case. That's still kind of concerning because it takes so many days out of you know games that he's not available for. So it's like, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like if Montero and Abreu and whoever else are able to pick up saves um, whenever Presley's not available. So, so yeah, I mean that was like kind of the theme of the the week was like Mason Miller, big you know, big bids Mason Miller. And then just a lot of closer speculation and closer movement and, and closer churn, I would say. Um, Cause you know, so that kind of hit on the most added players. Um, the most fab dollars spent pretty much went in line with who was widely added. Um, you know, Gratterall, Abreu, Sawinski, Lucchese, Duran and Miller um, and Taylor Walls. But then after that was Oswald Peraza, Um, who's available in 20 leagues and added in 20 leagues um, average per ad of $59. Um, he was a guy, you know, just when, before I even do fab, I kind of just make a list of players that um, I think I would be interested in this week. And he was, he was one, but he wasn't available in either of my leagues, but he was the first guy I, like wrote down, um, you know, with the Donaldson injury. And truthfully, like, I know Volpe is like fantasy wise, like stealing a lot of bases and stuff like that. But um, I could see a world in which like if Donaldson does come back and, you know, takes third base at least half the time. And then, you know, maybe LeMayu works in a little bit there as well. Um, I could see a world in which Peraza, you know, takes some shortstop at bats away from Volpe if he doesn't really start. you know, performing beyond just stealing bases and stuff like that. So I thought that was a good ad. Um, and then, you know, also he'll pick up third base eligibility. So it's uh, kind of a couple of reasons there that I thought he'd be a good ad. What, Yeah, uh, that's that. No, that's a good. That's a good spot. He was only available, um, in one of my leagues, and um, I forget what he specifically went for. It was. It was a. It was a pretty. It was a pretty decent penny. Um, one that I wasn't so sure about. I think in the now, you know, I think you know without the name, without him being a big prospect, you know, it's like if he if he could have been in like um. like a two or three week kind of streamer range, I would have been a little more interested. That's where I, that, that's where my bid was. You know, I don't, I don't particularly think he's locked into playing time, um, but uh, I could see the case for, for Donaldson. I just think like narrative wise with Volpe, he's just, 
the local kid playing shortstop that's not mm-hmm. going it he's just not going anywhere that's just yeah. my that's just my opinion like um he's got he's got the confidence of judge and judge is like his big buddy and i just don't think that he's going anywhere regardless yeah. like he can hit 220 and steal 30 bases and i think and play good defense and i think they'll be fine with that you know mm-hmm. that's yeah. just my opinion but harata definitely has some uh a solid skill set like if they they should probably, in the end, they might have to make a decision on whether he's going to be better at third than Donaldson, you know? And I think that's, that's where it can come down to. And then if not, he can still also be the guy that floats around. He's like DJ LeMayhew, right? He's another DJ LeMayhew who can just move around the field. And, you know, I don't know if he can play the outfield, but that might be something they can at least work in because it seems like that's what teams are doing now, right? It's just all across the board, like the Mets with Ronnie uh Mauricio, you know, like he's blocked by Lindors, but okay, so move him around to second base, let him play the outfield a little bit. Like they need to get these backed up into the majors, and and um, he's another guy that I'm excited for. Man, he, yeah, he, the Mets is just like look like him and Parada. It's just uh, it, it's fun. It's fun that yeah. they they that they didn't unload any of these guys, you know. And I'm I'm pretty happy because like that's a good marriage between spending large and also like saving those bullets, like uh, right. learning from the Pete Crow Armstrong deal, right? Like just, no, 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 no. Like we don't need to do that. Like we, we're going to have these guys plus the veterans. Um, So I'm excited for that. But Yeah, that Pete Crow Armstrong deal <sighs> is going to fucking kill us too. It's like for, <laughs> a little met for rant, right? bias. <laughs> yeah, and, I know, like, I know. so bad. It was so bad. At the time, I was just like, well, all you got to do is, you know, like, get us a run in the playoffs and just be stud. And then, you know, like, it'll just, like, we'll forget about that. But, uh, and then I watched, you know, I watched Armstrong in spring training trailing down balls in gaps that were not deserved to be caught. And I was just like, whoa, I can't imagine him and Nimmo in the outfield. Right. Like, just, ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kellenic too. It's, like, just, you know, just like. Yeah. What, yeah, what, uh, like he looks been. good. He looks good right now. Yeah. As much as they've shit on him and and, yep. and second guessed him, you know, um, it's not like I did it on purpose. He just was really bad. So it's good to see that he like, um, and I it just it's just one of those constant reminders, right? That the prospect growth isn't linear. It's always you know it's not all the same the same path for um a J Rod as it is for him. You know, so um, I think he had another homer of a lefty today. So. Absolutely, and I just saw Brady Singer fucking cruise through the Diamondbacks. That's good to see. Um, yeah, I was not I was not gun shy with the two start this week. I started him across like all seven of my teams. That's it. Yeah, so he, I'm risky, he was... Dom. You know, I'm just yeah. I like to play that way, man. Like early in the season, I'm probably going to be a lot more from the hip, like a lot of gut calls. Like I'll see the projection, I'll see what they say, and um just be like okay it might be a high whip might be high ratios but um i'm going with it like you know let's let's just see what happens like nikki p in week two like let's just do it you know let's yep. just throw it out there yeah yeah i mean yeah if you <laughs> if you if you got the guys like you know if you got the guys on your team and they're getting two starts i mean unless it's something really risky um I don't know where singer's second start is but you know arizona pretty good pitchers park and uh you know, you, you paid a decent price for him on draft day. So if if you got him, earn your money, you know, use him, right? Earn your cost. Yeah. If you smoke him, got him. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Amen to that. 100%. Um, um, 
Okay, so what do we have next here? The highest average cost? Yep, highest average cost. So, you know, it's it's a lot of Mason Miller and uh, a lot of guys that are just available in a handful of leagues. So Jose Alvarado went for three ninety nine um, this Ooh, week, baby. Which I, I get it. Skills have been awesome, um, but it's a lot of money for for Alvarado for a guy that's you know, had walk issues before. If those reoccur, there's a, pun- a bunch of guys in that bullpen. Um, so, you know, these type these types of bids kind of reek of desperation a bit. I don't want to, you know, I, I, like I, I, lo- I love the guy. I would I would probably pay up for him too, but 40% of your fab seems like a lot for um, a closer right. that, you know, for that went for, you know, maybe a tenth of that two weeks ago. So you can things happen, things change quick. And like Sir Anthony seems like he's turning things around and Kimbrell got a save this week. So there's a lot of guys available in that bullpen. So it's there just, is. that's a big bid to throw on a guy, but, but it I is. get it, it. Yeah, no, I totally get the aggressiveness on him. Um, and I, I think like he, if you missed out and, and it's hard to, it's easy to look back and say, well, he went for this price there. So I can't spend this this week, but like you mentioned before, like, you know, sometimes just low and saves, you really want to get a guy like showing elite skills. But like you did mention, it, it's still it's still in the balance that he he won't get all of them. Um, and that's fine. But um, I think like um, Phil Dusso, we were talking in the chat and our chat and he said it best. And um, it kind of rung true a little bit. And he's like, um, if he turned out to be Ryan Helsley, then I'll really regret like not trying to pay up and get him, you know, of mm-hmm. last year, like mm-hmm. showing a little bit of a skill change, not walking as many guys and just throwing gas and striking everyone out. And, yeah, you know, but like you said, three ninety nine is is a decent penny. But, um, you know, for not like it not like it's Liam Hendricks where, you know, he's just going to be the guy, you know, but um, I always like to look at these one, these one ads, you know, like the, the guys that are available in one league. Yeah. And they go um, like, so like um, Marte Polanco, like uh, those kind of guys, if they're available in your league, what have you have gone for them? Like, would you be in this range 286? Like if you really needed up the middle help, would you go as high? Cause it seems reasonable for, guys that might just be season-long contributors right yeah yeah i i i forget i don't know if i was if it was what we talked about a couple weeks ago or if it's just my conversations with like certain guys about fab um but like you know we spend you know triple digits on these prospect guys with the hope that they become an everyday contributor like Cattell Marte, jorge polanco um, you know, guys that are going to have everyday playing time, you know, atop a major league lineup, um, you're, you're hoping for that. And so when these guys are available in your league, like you really got to be aggressive to make sure that you get them. So, um, you know, if you have the need, I, I definitely agree. Like, you know, I know Hayden Wisniewski was available um, in, in Greg's league and, you know, I was, DMing with him, I'm like, you know, you got you got to be aggressive for Wisniewski this week, right? Uh, he wasn't the guy that got him, but like, um, yeah, it's just when when those guys hit your wire, and, and I I also think it's like a um, psychological thing, like, you know, every day, multiple times a day, I'm going to my free agency tab 
on my team and you know the ownership is the th top thing so like you're staring at Cattell Marte all week and you're just like ah, I hope he doesn't do anything because I you know I want to get him but I don't want to have to pay 286 bucks for him um but uh everybody else sees that so you, you know like you know those types of guys on your wire you need to to go hard after so um I think it's I think it's money well spent. Like any yeah. you know, like you're when you see what other guys are getting bid for, you have a, a a guy that's getting MLB at bats daily. Um, you gotta you gotta go for it. So yeah, I walked out on the Siri. The Siri he was available in my league, and I walked out. He went for one twenty seven. I was about at eighty four. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I probably could have been a little more aggressive on him, to be honest. Yeah. I really love him. I have him, you know, as we know, we've, we probably always talk about Jose Siri, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm a little upset. It, it, I would have been, it, he would have been useful for sure. I already had a little bit of a log jam in the outfield, but um, he definitely would have been a solid ad. If I was really, really craving outfield help, you know, and started yeah. like, you know, um, a guy who plays twice a week in the outfield, I, I would have been probably in the 200s for him. And that was the same league with, with Mason Miller. So I probably would have scaled that back a bit and bumped up Siri. But um, Mr. Mitzef, uh, good old Jeff Mitzef, uh, scooped them up for me. So Yeah, I mean, you know, the Siri thing, though, you know, he's my most owned player across all my leagues this year. Um, and... Uh, like nobody in the Rays outfield is doing bad. So like, you know, Josh Lowe came up when, or, you know, started getting more playing time when Siri got hurt and he, he's doing really well. So like he's earned at bats. Rayleigh's hitting the shit out of the ball. He's earned at bats and he's actually playing first base today. So that's, that's kind of um, interesting. Um, but like, you know, that whole team is doing well. Um, so it, it's just kind of further complicating things in that lineup because there's not really any obvious like guys that are just going to be on the bench all week. They're all gonna they're all gonna play and mix around. So like, um, the, even the Siri thing like doesn't look. I would say it doesn't look as good for Siri um, as it did like two weeks ago because I don't think that he needs to get everyday playing time with with low playing as good as he is. And, um, you know, and also Margo too, like if they want to like, just take, take a little bit of his load off too. Right. Like right. he had the hamstring. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's, Cause like so, that was in my head. Like I, I, uh, you know, I, I had that factored in a little bit, like, okay, like, is he going to lose? And then like, you know, maybe it's just the first two weeks where they kind of baby him, then he gets the full go. But you know, like you said, it's the race and they sent down Tosh Bradley. What did you think about that, by the way? Would you, what was your first reaction when you saw they, that they sent him down? I mean that like, I kind of was like, not, surprised um, i know i know that's the craziest thing because i said i like i said i was like when eflin comes back i could see them doing something stupid where like you know uh, stupid for us but like giving like josh fleming and yanni chirinos like just making them like piggyback plus they were like stretching out calvin foucher and like so they're like they were like doing things that's like why do you need to stretch out calvin calvin foucher if like you're getting Eflin back and, you know, so it's like, it just, for me, it was like a little weird, but I think he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Like, I don't think that, like they're, they're competing for like the best 
team in the AL. Like they're not right. gonna they're not gonna keep him down for for that long. And maybe this whole like oh he needs to work every fifth day thing is just like you know their way of um, not like roster manipulation, but kind of like their way of seeing certain players before they need to make a decision on them. Like, you know, anybody with options is valuable for them. So, you know, if you have an option, it gives you the ability to see a player that doesn't have an option a little bit longer. Um, And, you know, so I I think he'll be back in a couple of weeks. I don't think it's really um, something that if, if you spent money on, Bradley a couple weeks ago I don't think it's like oh I need to cut him now because he got sent down I, th- I think he'll be back soon but yeah um okay. that's just what they do they they, they send know. up and send down and utilize you know maximize their 40-man roster to the fullest extent possible so they're good they're good at what they do exactly as simple as, simple as that can't argue with the results right no cannot argue with that at all um, yeah, so let's see that the highest average. So yeah, so we, we kind of covered that in terms of just, you know, players that are available in your league going for triple digits, um, out of the week, Mason Miller. So, um, I, you know, I called out Chris Fessler in uh league 14, 19, he was able to get Mason Miller by, uh, outbidding his league mates by three bucks. So, um, he paid 179, runner up was 176. So, you know, it was one of the more, more, I would say, reasonable bids, but that's where it was, was like there was just so much um aggressiveness on Miller that like there there weren't runner up bids within like single digits for like, you know, going way down yeah. the list. So um good. And shout out to Chris. He's a really sharp player. I met him in Vegas. Um, real super, super nice guy too. So nice. Yeah. Good bid there, Chris. There you go. Um, so drop summary. So I wanted to kind of highlight a couple of the uh, the drops this week um, beyond, you know, the ones that are listed because, you know, the overriding factor for drop the you know, the, the largest drops is the uh, is any injuries or, or send downs. Right. So Logan O'Hoppy was dropped in 43 leagues. So not there's 10 leagues where he's still being held. Um, I seems like he's pretty much done for the year yep um garrett mitchell hunter hunter gaddis so you know not not really super surprising some of the ones that i wanted to talk about again revolve around the whole closer churn i would say so like michael fulmer was dropped in 25 leagues and i was saying you know i wonder if that's kind of tied with um jeremiah estrada getting added in 37 leagues where it's like you see Fulmer having a couple bad outings and you see Jeremiah Estrada, you know, highly um, discussed player in the off season um, getting called up and just kind of thinking, all right, well, you know, this guy's on the way out and they called up this flame throwing prospect who I think is going to work into saves maybe that's the, you know, the logic behind it, but, um, just feels like people are, are kind of, um, making, I would say spite drops or something like that with these mm, closer yeah, the, specs, right? The old rage spite drop. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I, I, I tried to put myself in that shoe too. when I was looking at his, his drop and I, I probably told myself like, 
I would have probably waited, you know, a little longer because mm -hmm. it might get like annoying if it's just three guys getting random shots, right? Because then, then it's like, okay, like I, I'll need to find someone who's gonna have a more consistent chance. But, um, I think for what got everyone excited with him getting a lot of the first opportunities, um, you know, uh, quick to think that he won't get any of them going forward, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, Estrada is you know, the rage. Um, I, you know, I just picked him up. Like he, I was interested in him because, um, there's, there's like, you know, I, I feel like the pitch shape stuff, the pitch modeling stuff is, is useful. And just in certain ways, I don't swear by it. Like as mm -hmm. the tell all or end all be all, like it's, it's like, after I look at my, my standard stuff, I move on to that. And then, you know, like last year, his stuff plus like really caught everyone by surprise. And like, it kind of reminded me like Felix Bautista last year, the like early in the season, um, he was just popping and like anyone who saw that, like, okay, I'll take a chance on like, because teams use it too. Right. I think that's the thing like that gets discussed, like teams use these kind of modeling too. So um, Estrada was, you know, like that kind of, okay. Like what if he gets the chance? I don't think he's going to get a full run, but just, just in case, you know, like just in case yeah. he does get maybe at least half of them, but they have so many options, right? They have so many ways they could go. Um, this is just like more of a play on like, you know, um, hopefully he, he gets a chance to run with it, but yeah, I would have probably held, like if I had Fulmer, I don't think I would have dropped him for Estrada technically, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I was in that boat with Fulmer, like, you know, and my logic was I, I love Estrada. Don't get me wrong. Like if you look at like, if you look at his history, like throughout the minors, like he was logging like 40 plus percent K rates. Like that yeah. is elite stuff. Um, so hundred percent agree. Like, you know, I, I tried to get him in every DC. I think I got him in like six of eight DCs. Like I love the talent and um, like in a DC where you're not making roster changes throughout the season. I love having him in the event that he does you know, move into that closer role or high leverage role um, in a couple of months, but I don't think it's anything imminent. Um, so like as somebody that has Fulmer in my, my eyes, the only person that I'm currently like looking at, or the only people I'm looking at are um, Boxberger who himself had a blow up outing this weekend. Yep. And um, you know, Brandon Hughes, if you want to, um, you know, consider that, but, you know, I still stand by the fact that Hughes is like, um, one of the only lefties in their bullpen. So mm -hmm. I still just don't think that, you know, he might get the occasional save if it calls for it, but yeah, like right now he's the only lefty still in their pen. So it's like he, situational, but nothing that you can really, um, you know, do other than, um, you know, hope that, you know, or put them in your lineup if they're playing a team with a bunch of lefty pockets or something like that and hope that he walks into one or two for you. But like, so when I looked at just Boxberger and, and, uh, Fulmer, like, I don't know. I think Fulmer's got like a 462 Babip or something like that this, um, this year. So like, he's gotten pretty unlucky, but like skills wise, everything else, I think, you know, lends to Fulmer being the better of the two options. So um, 
I hung on to Fulmer. Like he's getting, he's in O two counts, like thirty percent of the at bats. Um, he hasn't been in a three O count. Like for relievers, like the biggest thing, because you only have you know ten innings or so of of a sample size. So it's just throwing strikes, getting strikeouts, getting whiffs, um, and Fulmer's doing that better than Boxberger right now. So, um, and you know, Boxberger's also getting blown up. So, you know, if you had Fulmer, I would have just probably hung on to him unless you're going after, you know, a Brian Abreu who you think has even better skills than Fulmer and you think that Presley is is cooked or something like that. But um, it just seems like, you know, people are really um, reactionary to the closers and it's it's tough to do with, the nature of that position this year with how teams are deploying saves. Like I know it's frustrating, but uh, I almost think you have to be like a little more patient. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's true because then you, you just end up spending more money, just like churning through guys that way too, you know, um, unless you're just putting in like $1, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's why I like the Estrada for seven bucks. I think like, yeah, that's like fine. Cause you, you don't, you're not like really super tied to him you know um but uh i always yeah. feel like too um i don't know if you noticed in this but i gotta look this up i i i had this thought in my head too the other day when i was watching um oh i forget who but like the i just feel like sweepers um either it's like a wipeout swing and miss or it's like like that oh. end of the bat you know like that oh, end okay. of the bat like nubber like a little okay. flare yeah, single yeah. i wonder what the babbits are and are like on, on on that pitch i wonder if it's any different than it just seems like it's a pitch that like annoyingly gets these these weak singles um when they don't get uh swing and miss because like i think that was one like one of the one of the one of the hits that fomer had against him too that one night it was just like poked you know like ran just opposite feel like didn't deserve like how to Zero ninety expected batting average on it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, he he, he his skill set is still is still fine. Um, and it it seems to be like a lot of people who were really excited about him too are sour on him, and I was sour on him. Not his skills, but just him being the guy. I mean, yeah. from what I read and saw, it just seemed like they were gonna work a lot of guys in, and so and I I mean, and I was even I felt like I was more. Um, optimistic on him than the guys who were really heavy on pro foot like pro former. So I just found that a little odd that he was such a heavy drop as well. So yeah, I'm totally with you there. Yeah, yeah, and and so like there were some other interesting names that I saw dropped. Um, that I kind of want to call out because it it, it kind of goes with the Fulmer thing, but like Rafael Montero, um, was dropped in 17 leagues. So these guys were dropped in 17 leagues. Rafael Montero and Nick Martinez. Mm -hmm. Um. Michael Massey was dropped in 14 leagues. Will Brennan was dropped in 13 leagues. Jorge Lopez was dropped in 10 leagues. Dre Jameson was dropped in 7. Oscar Colas in 7. Chas McCormick in 7. Nick Senzel in 7. David Peterson in 7. Manuel Margot in 7. Um, Will Smith and Oscar Gonzalez were dropped in 6. Nick Pavetta in 5. Brian Abreu in 3. And, and Jake Berger in three, Bailey Falter in two, Brian Bayo in two, Wade Miley in two, Jose Quijada in two, Brady Singer in two.
I thought those were, yeah, those are interesting names that I thought were caught. And like the, the mistakes of last year or like the, the, um, not the mistakes of last year, but like the cadence of drops last year. Like I feel like Brady Singer was a drop in a bunch of leagues last year. And then like, I dropped him week one. Yeah. Dropped him week one year. of my main and got him back three weeks, uh, two weeks later. Okay. Um, and, and for a cheap price too, like seven, nine bucks. I actually just lo was looking at that yesterday because, um, we're talking about Estrada. Um, I dropped him too because in my head, and 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 that was dumb. We didn't. I I didn't touch on this earlier, but that was such a um, a oh, it's the Giants. He's not playing anymore mm -hmm. when this guy comes back, and I was totally wrong. <laughs> I stayed in the lineup the whole season, yeah. and I screwed myself there for sure. Um, I'll, I'll blame you for that. Then I was listening. <laughs> I was probably listening to your podcast, and I was like, yeah, he's he's he gave me a good couple weeks, but he's not. He's not gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> not like it would have mattered I, anyway i right. uh I, I i stand in the crowd of some a couple of cutthroat players and they're making they're they're taking their influence on me hard like uh i'm 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 taking that uh i'm taking that attitude a lot more recently um <laughs> playing but you know whatever we have to find that fine line of uh being aggressive to cut sure but i do like this um I do like these these lower end drops more. I always felt like the the two to ten range is where where you start to get like, you know, um, people some just making roster decisions that may be tough, right? You know, maybe yep. they need a specific position, like uh, like the guy you mentioned, like Kahada still getting saved. Brady Singer still, even though he's not Brady Singer last year, he's still one of the better pitchers in the league, despite um, and, like all this like there's. He's still one of the better options to start every single week versus what else there is out in the pool. Yeah. Uh, but again, it just may have been, I don't know, maybe Injuries. he was someone's like yeah. 11th best pitcher, if that's possible. <laughs> or yeah, they had some injuries. Um, and like even, even um, like the Yoan, like Yoan Mankata, like two, two leagues. Um, and, and like, even like I find guys interesting, like guys I target to stream for the weeks or like have good good weekly streams and they get dropped. Again, I guess it's just uh a roster like roster context, but you know, your 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 Kerry Carpenters, your Kyle Isbells, your Eddie Rosario, like, you know, dropped in fifteen leagues. I'm like not really a big Eddie Rosario guy, but this is this was this was a great week to have him. You know, he's facing a bunch of righties and um you know, it's at home too, you know? So that's like, that's the spot for like a lefty hitter, like um, Rosario. So I think those are the ones that pop out to me more, like some of the weekly streamers or not even weekly streamers, but just the periodic streamers, right? The periodic streamers that might have to be a t-shirt, um, <laughs> like your Monday to Thursday or Friday to Sunday. Cause I don't know how you do your fab for your hitters, but like I, I've, I sometimes look at the weekly value, but I'm mostly looking at it like in sections. Yeah. So, and I was going to say, like, it's almost, you, you wonder if like people are, are looking at like the upgrade thing where it's like, um, yeah, like Eddie Rosario has a good week this week, but like this player's available on fab and like, I'll cut mm -hmm. Eddie Rosario to get, you know, player X, you know, in this circumstance, just be for, for the rest of the year context where it's like a player that, um, you know, you, you feel like has a good grasp on whatever role it is for the remainder of the year. And I'm just going to try to upgrade kind of like what you were talking about in terms of like upgrading pitching and stuff like that. It's like, I wonder, cause that's how, you know, 
right now, um, and maybe that's what's led me to spend as much as I have and I need to kind of pull it in a little bit. But like for me right now, it's like I'm looking at ways to improve my roster the rest of the year Yep. um, if I'm making those types of moves. And so like because now is the time that those players are available and kind of material like playing time is kind of materializing and crystallizing and like, you know, um, Makes things sense. are, yeah. So like, Yeah, that's a good move. um, yeah, Especially but when like, it's present. Like if there's a clear and present like rest of season ad in and that's when you gotta be aggressive too. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, I wonder if it's like that, but, uh, you know, certainly looking at it week to week and, and like, um, is a good way to find value on the cheap um, and to, you know, not get um, over emotional, right? Like decision wise. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. yeah. So, you know, interesting names, but like the theme is kind of like these, these closures, um, closer types and in, in people are getting kind of, I, I would say like antsy, like if you're not, if you're not getting me a save or two and I'm, I'm, at fault of that as well, right? Like I cut Gratterall in one league and Ottavino in two leagues because they Right. just weren't getting saves. But, um, and maybe that's something I'll look at like next week is just saves in the contest because um, just with so many teams deploying these committees, um, you're just, you're not going to need as many saves and like, you you might be better off just hanging on to the guys in your committee when you know you have the autumn autovino that gets two or three saves in a week and he's in your lineup um i've been personally like waiting for that with jason adam it's like Yeah, i think Jason that when Adams. fairbanks isn't available he's going to pick up saves but like the rays are winning by too much Yep. and so fairbanks is pretty much always available and and truthfully like adam isn't he hasn't been looking as good as he did last year. Um, but like Jorge Lopez has looked awesome. Awesome. He has, right, he Skills has. wise. He hasn't, I don't think he's walked anybody yet. He's striking out like 25% of the batters he's facing. Um, Duran has just been the way their wins and save opportunities are spaced out. Um, Duran is getting enough rest in between games, but like, I think Lopez is going to walk into 10 or 15 saves just by virtue of the fact that um, Duran won't be available for all of them based on how he's utilized. So you just got to kind of be patient a little bit. And, you know, if you feel the role, the skills are solid, you know, hang on to these guys, but. Yeah, what a like what a what a team concept right now for the Twins. This the staff, the bullpen, it's really like lights out. They have impressive arms all throughout the team and even throughout the organization, you know. Yep. Yeah. And they just called up uh they just called up Brock Stewart, who's like I think had one of the biggest uh velo bumps in spring training this year. He was a guy like a constantly kept up on 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 the game feed as I was doing my spring training notes and like holy shit it's got You sixty used to be on, sixty used to be percent on the Dodgers, Dodgers, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dodgers Okay. and the um and Blue Jays. Yep. Okay. All Yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. they're But uh uh yeah, just just loaded from top to bottom and Lopez has like fantastic. Uh really, really kind of he was one of those picks in draft champions where I never 
never pulled the trigger when I knew I'm like, this can be good. You know, um, it just, I didn't even do it once or twice, you know, out of the 13 draft champions I did. I just, I'm mad at myself for not like always considering it, but never really saying, because you know what? That was also me though, kind of believing that Duran might've just, might just be the guy, you know, like if like just them smartening up and say, this guy is, is, is the guy for us to close the game, but just fully mm. stacked, even with Jax, like Jax is, is like really good too, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I have a ton of I have a ton of Lopez, so uh, I hope he starts getting some saves. But I can't complain about can't complain about what everything else he's providing, other than yep. lack of saves. So absolutely. And then the last section of the article, just to keep moving along, so we don't uh, drag you know run on for for two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> but the last section is the unopposed bidding, which yep. I like looking at, and I feel like. It's uh it's fun to to see the value that other players are seeing. So, um, you know, a list of guys that people won without a backup bid. So, Jeremiah Estrada was added in fifteen leagues without a backup. So, you know, I guess there's some conflicting views. Some some people think he might start working into high leverage. Um, got Jordan Diaz, Rich Hill, Geraldo Perdomo, Miguel Castro, Paven Smith. Jerry's Familia, Vince Velasquez, Corey Jolks, Marco Gonzalez, Matt Thice, Jake Myers, Matt Carpenter, Ramon Urias, Stone Garrett, Jake Rogers, and Nick Bainton. Anybody catch your eye on this list? Um, I am a big Haven Smith guy. <laughs> I've uh I'm 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 I really liked him the last couple of years. I like his skill set. I think that last season, despite what you might see up top, you know, in the 220 average, a strong 10% barrel rate, uh, strong max EV, lifted the ball, and he's, like, really started to, you know, um, improve everything pretty much. So in contact, um, contact percentage, everything. Um, I just love the way he is. Um, so I think that he's going to walk into some more PT. I think mm -hmm. Jake. McCarthy demotion. Like if that would have happened Saturday, I or Sunday, I would have been really aggressive with Smith this weekend. Yep. Um, I think it kind of lined up with what I was saying about no, no, that was actually he's not was he available in my Siri League? And um, anyway, I just it wasn't at the top of my desired uh, you know, ad for the week, and I'm kind of mad at myself for just not doing it anyway because um, I think. Even I think he might even get some more PT, even at first, even with Walker healthy. I think he might see some some righties at first as well, because that's what he did two years ago. So yeah, Aiden Smith is definitely a guy that crossed my and 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 Jake Myers like another guy who's like really hit the ball well while Chaz has been out, and you know Chaz had a good run, but then also on the back of your mind, it's like well, you know. Um, is he healthy? You know, how long is it going to take him to come back? And will Jake Myers get some PT going forward? It, like, all of a sudden has, like, a decent crowded outfield between Jokes and, you know, Myers and Chaz because um, all three of them are, are like, and, and Jokes is getting better. Like, he's really gotten better since the start of the season. I watched some of his at-bats, and he just has a great approach. And that's what Jeff Ponce was saying on my podcast when I had him in the offseason. He said, watch out for Corey Jokes. Like, really... Um, he strikes out a lot, but he and um, and he doesn't walk, but he really knows how to tag the ball. So that 
whole outfield um, is interesting. And I think, yeah, all those guys were on the list there. And um, yeah, and, and our boy Dick Mountain because he's uh, you know, like Rich Hill has a, he's got a really nice next four or five game stretch. <laughs> you know, he's got some really good matchups, and he's always sneaky, man. But you know, he's the kind of guy too where I add for cheap because he's like you know sneaky good and he's sneaky good matchups, and you get the one star on Monday, and you're like, why the fuck did I do this? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's Rich Hill, yeah, in a nutshell. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I, uh, Rich Hill, I, I think I have him in almost all of my, uh, DCs because he was just a guy that was always available, like right around round 40. And it's like, if you actually tried to like make a list of, of players that have a starting spot, a starting rotation spot at that point, like there aren't many guys. So it's like, I'll take the chance on Rich Hill that I can use him two or three times a year. So, um, yeah, th- not surprising that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll probably be back on waivers in a couple of weeks in these, in these, uh, fab leagues. But, um, yeah, I agree on the jokes thing. That was, that was the guy that caught my eye, right? Well, actually Paven Smith as well. So he was in my conditional, um, and I was more interested in him in my main event that I had Christian Walker just cause, but mm-hmm. then I realized he didn't have first base eligibility this year because I, I drafted I him last year and I remember he had first base outfield and I had him in a bunch oh, of DCs 100%. last year. Exactly. So having him, yeah. So it was like once once I didn't once he didn't have that, I was like, uh, I don't really, you know, fits. It might be mm-hmm. good, but I don't want to. I need I need the corner infield eligibility now if I'm going to have him be my uh, Walker insurance. So I didn't prioritize him over other guys. And then the Jolks one, I was like, oh man, anybody that got him for you know he. On a average unopposed bid, eight bucks with the Jordan news coming out at the beginning of the week. I was like, anybody that had jokes is like sitting pretty right now, at least for this week. Um, so we'll see. It sounds like it sounds like Jordan, um, it's not going to be anything serious. Um, and then I think Brantley started his rehab, uh, today or yesterday, if I if I read that correctly. So he's on the men. So yeah, that outfield is getting even more crowded. So, um, but the, the one just outside of this list, uh, Sam Hilliard, he was unopposed in nine leagues. That looks like, that looks like a good ad thus far early in the week as well. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I wrote him up today and, um, my, my Patreon notes because he's like, despite some, some stuff that, like still screams okay like he's getting a little fortunate um like the barrels to home run rate is is very fortunate so i think he's got three home runs to the no barrels but like he just speedster like he's really um i don't know he, he he's making i mean i think i included the rolling average graph like to show like how incrementally he's getting a little better at his swing decisions um just his swing strike rate and yeah, it just seems like a, an odd time that a lot of people dropped him as well. I think he was on a little bit of that drop list too. If I'm not mistaken, I saw him. Um, yeah, he was dropping two leagues, but uh, I like that. I think it's a nice sneaky ad. So if we're finding some interesting power speed threats. Like he can be, it's funny, right? Because like he can be Jaron Duran, right? They're the same, like they're similar player. <laughs> you know, they got that yeah. power speed uh but yeah, I like that. I like that call for Sam Hilliard. Um, I wonder. I wonder how they move forward with him. I guess he's just gonna be 
uh, a spot starter or, um, you know, when, when Michael Harris comes back. Yeah, yeah, it's just another it's another good team and and that's why these are good teams, right? Like they get players with good skills and they can contribute, but yep. it's it's hard to uh carve out a full-time role on these teams with such good players. So yep. um that's the the blessing and the curse of some of these guys is um being on, you know, when you have these tantalizing skills but you're on a good team with just other mouths to feed it's hard to get a big enough piece of the pie to make it worth your while in in our game so it's kind of another guy that i think that's another idea is uh the most the most added and dropped player i think i'm gonna want to do that in the article this year as well is just kind of track who's getting added and dropped throughout the year the most Uh, i think it'd be interesting to list to look at yeah because it's like like are oh, you you know you're getting dropped that much but you're also getting added that much so it's like a double-edged sword like you know you're doing some things well to have some interest in people yeah i would love to see that turn up and also like like what you mentioned maybe like how much um people are spending per week on like relief pitchers you know or at least you know like not uh strict specs spec spec um closers that yeah would, that, that would be an interesting look for sure all right. Yeah. I'll start uh I'll start cool. coming with a little trivia next next nice, week. Nice. I with, like trivia. Uh, yeah, I'll give you I'll give you, I'll ask you I won't put it in the article. We'll yes. we'll do it as a talking point on, on the it. pod is most added player, um, you know, how much added on spec dollars for closers, you know, that type of thing. So I think that'll fantastic. be good. I love it. Good talking good, points. Good time, Dom. Grant fantastic on the article. If anyone wants to check it out on pullhitter.com and follow Dom at Bullpen Guru on Twitter and definitely sign up for the reliever recon. Follow his work. Today you hit on three of your four um streaming recommendations, right? Three three of the four pitchers got into the game. Um it's it's one of the earliest, you know, things I read every morning. And I only play in one daily league and it's like it, it it's not like always deep enough where I can make these kind of transactions, but um I I look at it just to um you know see if I can pounce on anything and uh yeah you hit everyone but Nick Martinez didn't get in the game you got Winkowski mm. Jakobonis and Jake Junis um really awesome write up though every day man like um and I like how you have your streaming stats you have your accountability right up you know front and forward um and with those like different because you know i see what your hit rates is is even better than it was last year throughout the season but like with the with the stats that you're seeing like is that just something you expect to like level or are you just seeing like maybe more relievers um kind of getting hit around more than just, just like starting pitchers yeah it's like a lot of the blow-ups i mean yeah so the, the whip the whip is higher this year than last year um, when I compare my year-to-date stats against last year's stats. And I think I kind of expected that just with the changes going on and stuff like that. I know I think you, you've been doing a good job of looking at like macro trends in terms of like um, league-wide ERA and league-wide batting average and things like that. Like I know you're mentioning that a lot in term on your daily pods. And I haven't really been looking at that um, – you know, from a relief standpoint, at least yet. Um, so, but I did kind of expect like, um, you know, whip would be a little higher. Um, you know, ERA might be a little worse because you're, you know, 
when you're doing what I'm doing on a daily basis, you're, you're calling out guys that are pitching kind of lower leverage innings um, for more, more innings. So you're, you know, you're basically calling out guys like long men that you think will, you know, pitch after a guy gets blown up or a guy gets hurt or something like that. So you kind of have to be a little selective. Like I'm not calling out every single long reliever on a daily basis. Like I'm like, being cognizant of the matchups and the park and, and things like that. So it's like, because if you do that, if you just say like, Oh, you know, I'm going to call out the, you know, A's long guy, because I think, uh, you know, JP Sears is going to get rocked or something like that today. Um, your, your ratios might look really crappy. So right. I try to be selective with who I recommend, um, on a daily basis. So, um, but cool. I love it. Yeah, You're doing a yeah. great job of it, man. It's uh, Appreciate it. yeah, everybody over there at the recon is is uh, kicking ass. And yeah, like you know the the um, it's really it's really interesting. Like some of the some of the differences, you know, and it looks like it very looks similar to uh, twenty nineteen in the early going and like like that kind of offensive environment. And um, so I was looking at like you know first pitch strike and ball percentage for both relievers and starters, and for like relievers um the uh first pitch strike is uh one percentage down like it may not seem like a lot and it could be just nothing but that's a lot of like um you know a lever starting in the hole you know like yeah more than extra and and um uh, ball percentage too is uh it's about 0.75 percent of you know of an upgrade so like you you you're just you're taking those little things and you just, like you said, you're kind of expecting them, you know, with the pitch clock, you, you know, the pitchers are going to adjust today and this can all change too. But I think it's, um, you know, we look at everything, right? I mean, that's the thing we, even if it doesn't mean anything, I think the process to get you to somewhere, even if you've done like a ton of research and, and after an hour, you're like, Oh, well, that didn't get me anywhere. But I think yeah. it's just the process that gets you there is, 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 is good. Right. Because you're not leaving any, any leave unturned, you know, and uh, is that the phrase you're not leaving stone on stone, unturned. stone unturned. Why the fuck I say leaf? I don't know. It's getting too late. <laughs> it's a sign to wrap it up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Dom. Appreciate you coming on and writing the article and um, we'll, we'll see each other Saturday. Yeah, we'll be meeting each other, and uh, you'll be kind enough to invite me to the Met game, and I'll be throwing on my Carlos Delgado retro oh, jersey. Oh man, nice! Yeah, baby, and let's go, let's go, I might, Mets. Might have to wear my Ike Davis throwback then. Oh, the Ike! <laughs> Tell me you got an Ike Davis. Yeah, I got an Ike Davis, but oh. I don't wear I don't wear that. That sits in the corner of my closet. That's uh, that, the... <laughs> that never that never sees the light of day. That is a classic, man. I'm, I'm compiling quite a collection, though, now. I got a Thor. I got a a Harvey All-Star Game one from, you know, 2013. Ooh. And then I got a Ike Davis. Then I got a bunch of David Wrights. So that I makes got, up for all the rest. Yeah, yeah. I might rock that one, actually. I have um the David Wright um, All-Star jersey from um the one that was in Yankee Stadium. And it's just, uh, it's just a, um, it's like the batting practice jersey. So it's yeah. just like a, it's really meant to. I, I used to work at the Javits Center and they had the show there and we worked the show and we set it up. It was pretty cool. That was a great time. I met so many guys. Like I was waiting out in the docks where like everyone drives in and I was just, me and my brother was 
we're working and um and so like we're basically on standby at the show just like you know like waiting just like if if anyone needs work if something happens we need to repair something and all these players are coming in it was so cool just talking to them like paul molitor was he came in he was fucking whacked he came in for an <laughs> autograph session it was the funniest thing i ever seen he was such a character like and it, it's like everyone else was so professional so when he came in and um don mattingly was a bag of shit um he was like screaming at people who were like on his autograph line like just being like come on guy like people are paying 70 dollars to get your autograph like chill the fuck out um yeah but the ripkin guys the ripkin brothers were the best they were the stars of the show they were the ultimate like class like billy ripkin is everything he looks like he is on tv um he you know we walk up to cal ripkin you try to get his autograph and he's like sure don't worry about it. My hand is fucking really, really, uh, you know, fine. It works too. You know, just like making jokes. Like no one <laughs> wants Billy Ripken's autograph. Right. Just, uh, yeah, but um, it's all cool, man. I'm really excited. I hope Spencer Strider doesn't, um, <laughs> possibly approach another no hitter on oh, us. God. Because yeah, gonna... um... if if that <laughs> happens, you might uh, I might throw up every every Spencer Strider start. I my stomach churns, knowing I took. Aaron Nola in the second round over him in my my oh, main. Oh man! Yeah, I'm not sorry. Good. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tom. yeah. So every every start, I I was I was talking uh, I was talking to a couple of guys, and I was just like, every Stryer start, my stomach just is gonna churn all year. So yeah, it is. It's gonna churn all year. Yeah. He's, he's, uh next year, I think. If if this like keeps up this environment too, what we're talking about him is a possible number one pick. Um, yeah. If he strikes yeah. out 260 batters and him and, you know, Garrett Cole just going to be more tractable next year, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I I landed them at the wheel my first main. It was the happiest thing I've encountered all in draft season because I just wanted at least one of them. Um, and, oh, shit. yeah, I mean, if I had pick, if I had, like, a top five pick, I was taking one of them, honestly. Um and I was probably gonna shock everyone by taking Strider ahead of Cole, to be honest with you. Um, just just to know I got him in one in one league. So, um, but yeah, let's go. What are you gonna do? But um, all right, cool. Now we're really gonna get out of here. But, all right, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, bud. Peace. Take care. Alrighty, folks. Thanks for tuning to another episode of the Poe Hitter Podcast. Once again, this is Rob D. Catch me on Twitter, always at Dead Poe Hitter and at Poe Hitter Pod. And you can also catch me co-hosting the Launch Angle Podcast with Jeff Zimmerman and Rob Silver. Oh, and that, that's also um, a benefit of the Patreon. You'll get two extra additional Launch Angle Podcasts that you won't find publicly available. Um, and we take listener questions from the Discord and the Patreon. So you can um, it's really interactive and it's fun. So um, with that being said, if you have not rated the, the show or given it a rating, would most appreciate that as well too. That helps. Uh goes a long way into my venture into doing fantasy baseball content and wish everyone well and I hope you're not being bagged of shit. <laughs>